episode 8 of On Set with Rachel Lee. Today I will be talking to Zach Van Menez from Menez Films and we'll be discussing some of the projects that he's been working on lately uh, as well as how to create your own web series. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, so I'm here today with Zach Van Menen from Manners Films and we're going to have a little chat about uh, some of the things that you've been up to lately. So how are you going, Zach? Yeah, good. Um, so we've, we are wrapping up 2018 for the year. Uh, I work full-time self-employed on kind of this sort of stuff now. So the plan is to kind of wrap up this week and take a couple of weeks off over Christmas and New Year's and travel up north to the Whitsundays. So it'll be nice for the nice. first time in a long time, actually taking some holidays. So that will be good. And just wrapping on a web series pilot. Just finishing off production. We're off getting a soundtrack at the moment. So. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, Manos Films, uh, how long ago did you start? So, Mains has like existed as kind of a brand for probably about two years. I think early 2016 is when I kind of considered the date of incorporation in terms of that's when I started uh, pursuing clients and, and kind of aggressively taking on short film work just to kind of... Basically, it began as just looking to kind of wrap a lot of production that we were doing, mostly short film production under one banner and have an identifiable brand kind of over the top of all of it so we could all kind of live in one place and be very familiar and kind of belong to most of our production work is like there's a group of us that, and we rely fairly reliably work together. Um, Rachel and I have now worked together on a film that's got the logo on it so that's that's kind of the plan is we just work with a bunch of people that we've worked with before for the most part and we keep doing that as long as it works. Um, and that's played out pretty well for us so far. So we, you mentioned another Rachel, obviously not me. <laughs> um, so were you guys, did you guys meet through film school or like how did the idea come about with that? Yeah, so the, I mean the, the business was varied. So I, I did film school um, and then I, I did mean kind of you working on Mac Avenue Must Die. But uh, yes. the, the business itself came about as just looking mostly just as a brand and we started kind of experimenting with distribution options um, and it was kind of like we were putting them on YouTube under like my channel name and then a, a guy that I work with a lot, Corey Crop, he would kind of, we would produce stuff and write stuff together and he would direct and I would produce and cut and then we would kind of get to distribution and we'd be like, well, who owns this and whose Facebook page does it go on, whose YouTube kind of channel does it go on? And so I thought it would probably be a little bit easier. Well, I thought it would probably be a little bit easier to just put it in kind of one place and we would have everything stored in one location so people could see, looking back a few years, all of the different kinds of things that we've done because it's been fairly eclectic, like sci-fi comedy short films and talk show political pieces and things like that. So they don't really fit, I guess, like genre guidelines so much as like, does it sound good to us? Then we'll, we'll go and do it. And I, and I guess it, it, it came about as... As sort of that and has now branched off into doing a lot of social media management and video pieces for clients and things like that so it's it's been like a nice way of consolidating everything and bringing it all into one place is almost like a professional portfolio so when you went to film school did you have the was this something that you had an idea that you wanted to do or to get into producing and, and running yeah. a production company yeah definitely so i mean i, I started to so kind of when i graduated year 12 at the end of kind of year 12, I was kind of lining up doing some IT work and studying IT and things like that. And then I spent most of high school just kind of writing short stories and all the spare time that I had. And it, it took a friend of mine one day, I was like, why are you doing uh, IT if you can write like that? So I changed my first preference and I got the OP that I needed and I got into my first preference, which is a writing degree. Wow. 
And then about halfway through my second year of the writing degree, my friend and I took all our classes together. We were like, we actually haven't picked another major. We should like do that real fast. So we both kind of ended up doing film and TV. And for some reason, we kind of fell into more of the paperwork production side and less on set. Um, I mean, we did go and do short films and things like that, but we, we weren't. I mean, we, because we did the double major, we didn't do the whole three years of running around through the whole rigmarole. Yeah, so we just kind of found ourselves with you know, with writing degrees, writing a lot of scripts, and because we had really great ideas coming out of film school, but kind of we felt, perhaps as uh, pretentious second years, we felt that there was a lot of, we felt there was a lot to be desired in terms of the quality of the scripts. Maybe the dialogue wasn't as strong as we thought it could be, or the stage direction wasn't quite, quite clear enough. So we spent a fair bit of time, the two of us, just kind of going through every script that passed in front of us and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. And then I guess we accidentally took the producing for film and TV class, which we thought would be about getting hands-on. And then in the first lecture, they were like, no, it's not hands-on. You should leave if you don't want to be doing paperwork. And we're both very stubborn, so we stuck it out and kind of enjoyed it in the end, scheduling and casting and contracting and budgeting and things like that and so now I, I guess I'm I'm here having done that for short films web series features I don't know if necessarily owning my own production company was the goal I mean I think it always has been my, I grew up with my parents running their own business so it's very much like the environment that I came out of versus like just join a production company and then <laughs> just be like a cog in the machine and figure that out which is a, a fair and admirable career path but I'm not sure that that was ever my Goal. Yeah. So with um, some of the productions you've been doing, so you're currently working on, so Lemon Moon yes. is one of your current productions, is this something that's in pre or post production? Or? So the pilot, so it's a web series pilot, it's okay. currently in post, um, starring uh, Sam Bowden and Joel Spargo, two local Brisbane comedians who also co-wrote it. So I've done a fair bit of work with comedians in the past and they're really, really good at being creative partners, mm-hmm. uh, where I've found they are a little bit harder to work with is in the executive paperwork kind of field so scheduling making sure they're there on time making sure they are meeting deadlines making sure they understand what a table read is supposed to be like rather than kind of going to their house at the agreed upon time and like nine people are there sinking schooners and that makes it kind of hard but um as yeah, comedians do. <laughs> as, as they do, but they, they look, they turn out really good work and, and the work that I've done with them is a lot better as a result of kind of that collaboration. So no regrets, uh, just a work in progress. Okay, so with Lemon Moon, when is that the pilot due to be released for that one? Good question on in terms of release. Kind mm-hmm. of the plan for that one at the moment is to pitch to the ABC. They do take okay. unsolicited narrative comedy pitches as long as you have audiovisual material. But I guess to kind of illuminate the process on Lemon Moon, we've been in... I guess development for about a year. Spargo and I came up with the idea on the back of on the end of a brainstorming session, end of last year, because we were floating around. We worked together on a another web series called Into Ten, so it's kind of like this uh, unscripted, factual internet flashback for like the week that was that we worked okay. on early in twenty seventeen. So it spent like the back half of the year trying to figure out what else we could do, and Spargo came up with a bunch of ideas and threw them against the wall and Lemon Moon was kind of the one that stuck because we kind of imagined it as like Frasier in space. Yeah, and so we, we kind of had a, a rough script and we did a table read about a year ago and then for like a year we've just kind of been caught up doing other things and then it kind of got to about early October this year. I was like, I actually have the time now. I work for myself full time. I have the time. I have the resources. I have the capacity. We have a lemonade stand for no reason. Like, let's just go and do this. We bought a green screen. <laughs> we kind of got everyone. We assembled a crew and we shot it. Um, so now we're just 
we're in post, we think we've settled on a pretty good narrative version of the cut, and now we're just getting a soundtrack. Fantastic. So probably done by like mid-January, and uh, I guess the plan will be like private YouTube link to distribute and show everyone that's interested, but for the most part it is, the goal is very like sell the series as a professional production, um, so I'm not sure on like a distribution strategy okay. yet. And what's the plan for the series? Like have you got a certain amount of episodes already written or is it... We, we've got the first one written, we've got uh, like an overview doc and we've got a roughly a one and a half page that kind of outlines. We've got a few episode ideas, we kind of, we, we've got an arc and we have probably six, I'm thinking like six episodes, I think that's a nice amount that kind of gives a, a whole kind of narrative um, without kind of blowing our scope out. It's mostly just about two brothers fighting about having a lemonade stand on the moon and trying to get back home. Okay. And so you, you mentioned about that you, you obviously worked with comedians before. So we, we worked together on Matt Gaffney Must Die, which was early in the year because that was uh, screened October, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I know Matt's now talking about doing a second Same. one. <laughs> are you guys going to be involved in that or are you not sure at this stage? Or? Uh, I'm not sure at this stage. I had a lot of fun on Matt Gaffney Must Die, but I, I think it was one of those ones where... Uh, I mean, to be perfectly frank, I love Mac Afney. I have a, a huge amount of respect for him. He, he committed to a creative project I think he was unprepared for, and I think in the process he learned a lot, of, a lot of lessons that I'm sure he will apply to a second one. But it was one of those ones where he just kind of threw a whole bunch of money at it and wasn't sure why it wasn't like happening automatically, which, yeah. which is kind of where I, Rachel and I stepped up and were like, all right, he is actually kind of what it takes. Yeah, um, it, um, it all came together in the end, but I suppose that's one of the things. There's a lot of new directors out there that are people that haven't have ideas but have never sort of you know they're not haven't gone to film school and things like that and, and trying to bring something about you know is is the hardest part you know so it's good that you know that people like yourself are about being able to help with um series like that yeah and well. I, I definitely like stoke the fires because spargo was one of matt gaffney's housemates and mm-hmm. i had spent a while just floating around the brisbane comedy scene but like i want to make stuff i want to make stuff i want to make stuff so i think i think when kind of gaffney was like let's just make this happen he just thought it did kind of happen mm-hmm. and i guess that is something that i guess we i i think perpetuate in terms of like oh it's easy don't worry about it it's easy don't worry it's not very easy it, it's it can be really hard but mm-hmm. like the more you do it the easier it gets and I've been doing this for a little while and kind of Matt hasn't. And I think, but I, I think that I kind of helped him. And I mean, Rachel and Justin Hartwell, our DOP, I think helped him in that sense as well in terms of understanding what people on set need. Because that's kind of a big deal in terms of like, all right, I've got this script and that's great. Let's go and shoot it. You're all here. You, you know how to do your job. So it's like, well, that's how do we service what you're looking for? And I think for new directors, that's a, that's a good something to kind of, hone in on is like what are you looking for at the end of the day what does your perfect vision look like and how kind of far are you willing to compromise on bits and pieces of it because you will have to compromise Mm. on budget on scope on schedule on the creative vision of everyone else on set but kind of where are you willing to be like I would rather we commit to this part in exchange for you get this other thing Mm. so I think in the end we all kind of I mean we did we got to a point and then and the screening it screened publicly at a cinema and, and people enjoyed it and people laughed and it's doing pretty well so uh, overall really happy with it but um, yeah definitely an interesting an interesting lesson for, for me as a producer and, I, and hopefully definitely for Matt as a, as a director yeah so what would you I mean obviously with um, the, as I said with a lot of new directors out there web series are becoming quite popular the fact that people can put them on online YouTube that sort of thing and share them anywhere would you what would you, advice would you give to people wanting to, that have never directed before wanting to go down that track to 
writing a whole web series and then trying to take it on themselves? Uh, I wouldn't suggest you take it on yourself, to be honest. I did it earlier this year and it was a mistake. I would like to say it wasn't a mistake, but it was. I wrote, produced, directed, even cut and did distribution myself and then like, it showed kind of at the end of the day I didn't have capacity in my life as someone who was trying to work full-time and balance kind of web series production and I mean, we had other problems in terms of like our web, our shoot, our schedule was right on Monday, shoot on Saturday, put out eight days later. And like that wasn't possible, but I would, I would suggest give yourself like a long, a long runway, work with people who understand what you're looking for. And that may or may not mean having some uncomfortable conversations with cast, maybe crew, even other writers who have really strong ideas about things that they think will work, but don't clash with or but clash with what you think will be effective it is your show if you're gonna if, if you're gonna own it and take it on and slap your name all over it it needs to reflect what you believe in mm-hmm. and i think it's a mistake to attach yourself especially early when there's not really that much on the line other than ego i think it's a mistake to attach yourself to ideas you don't believe in i worked on another web series early last year that entertained the one i kind of worked with the other comedians on and and I guess a big problem there was that there were sort of three of us at the top that didn't agree on what the show should look like and so the moment we kind of sat in a room with more people with some stakes it was kind of like well it can't look like it does and it also can't from my perspective it couldn't look like what they pitched because part of the work that was going on that I felt like only I was doing whether or not they were capable of doing it I'm sure they would have been if they'd kind of applied themselves, but the part of the, the core bit of the work that I thought required was going to be missing if they tried to kind of pivot mm. that way. We, I wonder if one of the issues with that show in particular is we worked in a really startup-focused environment, so it was very like, stick to your verticals and don't pivot or like, pivot. And so there's lots of slang that wasn't really that helpful in terms of like, how do we just shoot this thing reliably on schedule and put it out on time? Because yeah. they were our problems rather than like, our issue was sticking to our verticals. It wasn't. <laughs> it was we never worked out in nine weeks how to make sure it came out on a Friday morning. So it was like... Yeah, it comes down to being organised in some ways and so what about things like um you know mentions with startups um crowdfunding and all other funding sources and things like that have you guys struggled with that with your own productions yeah so everything that i've done has been self-funded um which has been an interesting experience uh lemon moon was very self-funded and also uh more expensive than i expected up front um i read a quote recently that like anything that you believe in that is worth doing will be more expensive and take way longer than you expect and that's definitely coming true and and looking back it's definitely true about what other projects should have been McAfee must die was lucky enough to be paid which is interesting but again like from matt's point of view that was he just splashed some cash on the table and was like i will put my skin in the game and just admit that I, this production is worth X thousand dollars to me. Yeah, well, he self-funded that obviously himself yeah. and that, that seems to be the way that a lot of people are you know, having to go initially, especially to start out yeah. and things like that. So, I mean, there are access to kind of screen, screen agency resources, but I think that uh, part of the problem with the way that especially younger filmmakers approach those, and I definitely, I've definitely done it, I kind of walked in the door and been like, look, I made this nine minute thing and we got it in front of a whole bunch of people and like, give me $50,000 to make another one. Like, that's not a sellable pitch. I didn't have an audience, I didn't have a go to market strategy, I didn't have a distribution plan, I didn't have kind of anything that an actual marketplace would take as useful information. Mm -hmm. I think I would suggest something that I did that proved kind of 
I guess valuable, but also also a time sink at the end of the day, which is more about my ability to step back and be like, okay, this isn't working anymore. So I got an internship for a production company based in Brisbane. Okay. They'd been around for a little while, so I just spent kind of nine months meeting with them for an hour every week and just kind of seeing where they were at. And they were kind of old, more traditional players, but it was still interesting kind of sitting around the table and seeing the kind of conversations that they were having in terms of like, what does it take to get $10 million to finance these things? And that gives you, I guess, an appreciation for like, okay, so if that if that's what $10 million takes, what does 50 grand take? Mm. And how much of that is the same? Because the answer is all of it, but you're just playing with less money and less recognized cast and smaller distribution and kind of smaller everything, which I guess is where the web series focus has been because my end goal is television and web series is the okay. most natural kind of version of how do I go from zero to 100, one step at a time. And so with Man S Films, you're... Apart from doing your own productions, you, you said you've also been doing some corporate yeah. work and things like that. Have you found that difficult sort of to break into? Because there's a lot of small production companies that seem to be popping up. It took me a long time and I, I, sorry, interrupted you, but I, I found that kind of the core angle that I guess was my advantage was I, a background in social. So uh, I worked across, I worked on big tourism brands, uh, or a big tourism brands uh, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and I've done some LinkedIn stuff and, and so I took a lot of that corporate experience into sort of doing a nine to five in-house corporate work away and then applied it to my own brand and for other clients, doing a bit more work in the financial services sector than I expected, which is interesting, but a lot of that has been kind of here, I think is a social, like you, you know, you're posting on Facebook, which is like fine, but why are you posting this then and just applying kind of strategy to fairly standard content work and then doing little pieces like okay so how do accountants communicate with people that don't know anything about accounting Mm -hmm. what are for example your top 10 kind of tips on starting a small business Mm -hmm. What, what do you need to look out for and then wrapping content pieces around and then doing little video pieces that we cut and kind of distribute on social and they are I think really at the end of the day very similar skills in terms of like you have to plan you have to schedule so and if you're playing with any spend you have to budget yeah. um, and then when you run your own business you have to budget as well which is really helpful um, and it's yeah it's like it's writing it's shooting it's cutting it's it's all of those same skills that are being practiced in in uh, less of, I guess less of an exciting way especially when you do it kind of every week but it pays the bills and it means that eventually you get to do the fun stuff and like without the client work I would never have been able to do Lemon Moon so it's kind of a trade-off in, in that respect cool but I guess to go back to your question about like sourcing the clients, I found it mostly through referrals and something I do have to work on in 2019 is like building and systemizing that process a little bit better. Um, but I do think that kind of good work can speak for itself, although I, I would suggest that I think if you're fresh out of uni or you're, you're kind of fresh at sort of starting this space, I would spend two years just working out what you look and sound like in terms of what do your productions have that no one else's productions have? Do you have a particular visual style? Do you have a particular writing style that kind of bleeds through all your scripts? Do you have a production methodology? Do you have a, a whole team of people that keep working together so eventually you know, the, your brand becomes a collective brand and when one of you kind of makes it, everyone makes it at the same time. So what would you say your niche is for, for manners? Uh, I guess narrative comedy has been a thing for a little while. Um, some of it's definitely like less funny than, than others and the stuff I've done with comedians is definitely like head and shoulders above some other work, but stuff like First Contact that Corey and I did in 2016 I think still holds up. I did a rewatch of that the other day and that did pretty well. And then we just tried stuff like 
I think social for us has been a big part of it as well. Like we've spent hundreds of dollars on spent on just like putting like first contact, for example, onto Facebook. Like what if we put a hundred dollars on it and we kind of see what happens and you, you know, you target, you target it as you think kind of befits the audience and then yeah. like one of your ad sets works for 30 bucks but mm. the one ad set that works gets you in front of 30,000 people and then 16,000 people watch it so it's like you do have to kind of splash money and, and play the game but when you do that that's when you can kind of go and approach clients and be like look we made this real dumb thing and we just like patent broke the Facebook feed and 16,000 people engaged with it and like that's where you start being able to be like I know I can do this 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 and then from, I guess, the perspective of like building a web series, that's where you can start going to screen agencies and being like, it cost us X amount of money to make the thing. It cost us X amount of time to make the thing. And it cost us X amount of money and time to distribute the thing. And here's the results that we got at the end of the day. And that's what they want. That They want the full kind of plan rather than just like, I have an idea. It will make $10 million because this other thing that's similar made $10 million, even though it's like, because they're in the same genre, but one's a feature film out of studio and you're shooting on like dslrs with like natural light and uh like a shotgun mic and it's just i think having a sense of an awareness of who you're trying to play to and and what scale you're playing at is really important as humbling as that might be but that's definitely a lesson i should have learned faster so you've mentioned already about you know winding up for 2018 and you've got living room in post-production so you'll be focusing on that obviously the first half of next year do you have any other exciting projects coming up for next year that you can tell us about yet um i would like another feature so i I did a bit of work on a feature earlier this year that is currently in post it's been an interesting one i did a lot i was heavily involved in the development of pre-production and then stepped right away for production which i think was a a good idea Um, again kind of a niche thing screenwriting and and scheduling and budgeting and i'm not that interested in being on set for eight weeks (laughs) um so yeah fine by me but i think it, it is definitely kind of interesting looking back on 2018 and be like whoa like we did we made a feature film but it's not kind of what I expected it to look like and mm. I didn't spend eight weeks on set in the pouring rain in, in, at night in cemeteries <laughs> and things like that so nice. it's, a, it's a nice step away from I guess the just, it's just I think it's just interesting looking back on how you kind of achieved the things that you've achieved and so I think in 2019 I'm looking forward to like another feature in a similar capacity better paid would be good another feature another web series probably another short film or two mm. kind of keen to scratch that itch again and yeah just kind of growing the business as well as another core focus and uh, heading off to Europe at some point in the middle of the year so it'll be really nice and just okay. trying to, I think balancing all those things is going to be a bit of a nightmare come like April but we'll get there <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun trying to do sort of trying to fit everything in and, and plan and plans don't always go to plan yes so that, that I do know um, yeah, so I, I, I'm just about to wrap up, or well, as of today, what's today, the 17th of December, uh, this week and the next week I'll be finishing up a blog series on how to make a web series, so it just oh, kind of cool. covers development, writing, pre-production, production, post, distribution, Next, uh, this week we'll be marketing and next week we'll be doing it again, so if you're keen to find that, you can find us at www.mainz.tv, all the four links, five, six links are on the front page. Okay, on how to make a web series. Yep. Excellent. So is that will that be free or is that yeah, it? it's all free. That's, a, that's sitting amazing. on the website. Yeah. Okay. I saw you did a little Christmas, um, yeah, that, Christmas. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and it's and I think stuff like 
um, I'll, we'll, I'll get a link to it in the copy, I guess, for, for this blog. Yes, I'll, I'll put the link in the in the because I think as something like that is just a great example of just like practicing and mm. I mean the literally the criteria for making something like that was like I laughed when I thought of the idea. My girlfriend was like, "That sounds so dumb," and then I ran it past James, who owns the studio that we're uh, doing this po- recording this podcast in, and he laughed as well. I was like, "Well, I own my own business, and James owns his own business, and Siobhan is amazing, but she doesn't own her own business." But you know, if two business owners think this idea is pretty funny, and it's going to cost me. 20 bucks for beers and a Santa hat <laughs> and then half an hour of my time to do something that's like silly but funny then like do it and, and it was good practice and I like wrote a little script and I storyboarded it and then I shot it and I like I learned some stuff about like even now like I just realized as I was storyboarding that I crossed the line in the original storyboards so I was like oh damn that's how I would have shot it if I hadn't thought about it beforehand and so mm-hmm. when I got into the editing room I would have been like damn it <laughs> and it's it, I guess it's that kind of stuff where, where you learn best on the little things that are completely your own because by the time you apply them to client work you do really want to have the confidence that you know what you're doing and it's like yes that clients are paying you to practice but Mm. the best practice is the stuff that you just do for fun and I think that that's held true for me my kind of whole career and and has definitely got me to where I am so I'd suggest play and get a camera and just figure it out and do you feel that, um, you know, a lot of people are, are focused on festivals? You know, there's so many um, film festivals out there now. And that, do you think that that's an important part of... Um, look, I've actually never had a film in a festival. It, okay. And I know that it, it is very much like a part of the professional process, but I think uh, I am much more interested in kind of reaching an audience first. So things like First Contact, I don't think we ever would have got in front of... I mean, I know we reached 30,000 people, and I know 16,000 people saw it. I know that... a a stupid little 30-second thing that we shot and t- actually 90-second thing that we shot, we turned around from blank page to on the internet in four hours, reached 30,000 people and got 15,000 views for 30 bucks. Like, I know that stuff to me is more important than I have nine laurels from this festival. Um, but I guess it depends kind of on your approach. I know things like uh, This Is Desmondo Ray is, a, you know, the best web series of 2018 on in the world is this Australian production that has won every every web series mm. festival that it's entered into it's won every single time because it is absolutely incredible but even that started out as just this guy in 2016 animated this little skit that kind of got picked as a as a Vimeo staff pick first that wasn't a festival production in the first place and it, it kind of went a little bit viral after it was just good enough to be noticed and then he took it to Screen Queensland Screen Australia and got production funding and then by the time they had a great a great script a tight schedule a budget to actually pull it off and then support from Village Roadshow where they did all the green screen work by the time they had you know, the production capacity to actually produce a whole web series that's when two years later they started getting all of these accolades and, and building up enough rapport through things like the festivals wow and I guess okay. that would I guess that's probably the case study that I would pay most attention to mm-hmm. in terms of like what can a festival do for you is like it's like one laurel is great but way more is way better and how do you make sure that you are actually getting entries into festivals that matter because I think like the easier it is to get into festivals kind of the less valuable they become over time in terms of like if a festival is just accepting everything and finding a place for it then it's you know, a bit, bit yeah, hit and miss. Yeah, sort of devalues and, the, yeah, the and, whole scene. And I mean like Matt Gaffney Must Die is a great example 
I know that we as a production team and kind of as an above the line team had a bit of a debate at one point about like whether or not it belonged in festivals but I think in hindsight no it doesn't maybe the production value is not high enough or I would just suggest that we made it on kind of a whim enough and just for a laugh enough that the only people that has to serve is us yes and it exists on YouTube it's got a few thousand views on a private link so it's pretty good 200 likes on the Facebook page and we half filled a 400 seat cinema for the for the screening so I think like all things considered that's a that's a pretty good result for a first short film and I think that trying to play for a festival circuit for eight or nine months would have driven us crazy and cost Mm. us even more money than we spent on what we have done so I think that that's definitely given us and Matt in particular a lot more energy. Go and do a second one. Then like, oh look, you got it accepted in the three festivals. Congratulations, nice work. And here's hundred dollars. <laughs> well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for your time, Zach. That's and right. I'll definitely me. make sure I put the details for that website for the creating your own web series. Yeah, I'll send you all ones up there. And we look forward to hopefully hearing more of what Menes is up to for 2019. Yeah, keep an eye out. So they are on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, we do have an Instagram it's not very full not very full <laughs> Facebook then Facebook. <laughs> Facebook and the website Facebook and the website excellent yes. no worries thank you very much no worries so thank you for listening to today's episode that's all we have for today stay tuned for the next episode of Onset with Rachel Lee coming to you soon bye bye